You all right? Did this scare you? No, no. Oh, good. Oh, Keon. Hey, that was all right. I can't believe it's like, man, it was just great. It was. Keon. Huh? Did they hurt you? I know. You're amazing. Thank How you. do you do some of that? It was just like, oh, 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 what the oh, 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 oh. That's Chinese Kung Fu. Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spit and Polish Presents Pictures Powwow. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Swinski. And I'm Bartek. How are you, Bartek? I'm doing well, Ryan. How are you? Doing very well. Uh, it's another cold time recording. I'm all rugged up. I had a, a hot chocolate just before we recorded this, so now I'm warm on the inside mm. as well as the outside. I put on uh, socks. What's that? You're wearing socks? Yeah. That's it? You're nothing else, just socks. So, listeners, just imagine Bartek recording this completely nude, but in socks. Completely missing the sock gap. And so, Ryan wearing nothing, but he's carrying a hot chocolate. No, it's inside of me. Yeah, carrying it in your stomach. Ah, of course, of course. That's how we carry food. Yeah, it's all a container. Time. It's a container, yeah. Not a very good one. Uh, it's, like, so it's like a septic we... tank. Yeah, to say, well, yeah, you got it, Bartek, nailed it. So, we are doing our show, Pictures Powwow, a weekly show in which we discuss a movie that has come recommended. Uh, the recommendation order goes Bartek, myself, and listening people. This time round, it's the listening people's suggestion. Our friend from the Miscellaneous podcast, who did in fact join us for our discussion on the film Jack and Jill, Giuseppe decided to recommend this to us very early on this was one of our first recommendations for this show and it's just taken us a while to get to it there's just been other things that have piqued our curiosity or have been a bit more relevant but you know it's just been sitting there and i've just been saying to myself well it's time it's time for a rumble in the bronx Mm -hmm. 1995 so, Bartek and I watched the English dub of this film because it was hard to find the Cantonese version of the movie, so we'll be discussing that particular version of the film. It was a bit of a hassle to try and locate that uh, copy of the film. So, the English dub also seems to be the version most people have watched, from my understanding. Uh, and it's funny, um, the English dub, isn't it, Bartek? Would you agree? Yeah, I had a good time with it. Reminded me of Kung Pao a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll be discussing a Rumble in the Bronx, nineteen ninety-five. Jackie Chan, uh, in depth. So if you listening people have not had a chance to watch the film beforehand, give it a watch because we're going to be talking about it in depth. Um, spoiler alert: there's not really much of a deep plot to this. It is an excuse to watch Jackie Chan fight a bunch of guys. That's yep, the movie. That's, yeah, that's true. Well, Bartek, give me your history and relationship with this movie, and what did you think? Uh, ain't never seen it, no sir. Yeah? And What's your history, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> Had you at least heard of it? Yes, I have. So there you go, you have a relationship with it, you have heard of this film's existence before. Yes, I, I have a relationship with a lot of people then. Well, yeah. Well, yes, Bartek, that's the point. Like, It's different if you had never heard of this film's existence before, because that's my relationship with this movie. I had never heard of this film's existence before. So I had completely nothing invested into watching it. Like, I had no expectations. All I knew was when I looked it up to add it to our list, it said starring Jackie Chan. 
that's all I knew. So I knew from that we were going to get an action-packed comedy romp, which mm. is what we got. Yeah, I'd heard of the film, but I didn't know who was in it. So when you told me last week that it's a Jackie Chan film, I'm like, oh, okay. So what did you think? First time viewing it? Yep. Uh, I had a really good time with it. I I can definitely see that this is one of those films where you don't have to worry too much about uh, a lot of film elements, like the story and plot development. It, it really is just an excuse for martial arts fun. Yes. Yes, it is. I... Well, how, how did I feel about it? Well, there was a tiger in a club in this movie at one point. That was very bizarre, and that's how I kind of feel about it. It was a bizarre viewing experience, to say the least. I found it very amusing throughout and very charming, and as the film went on, it got more cartoony and more goofy and more bizarre, and thus it became more and more endearing to me. Mm. I, when I was first watching it, I was kind of thrown off because, you know, it's just kind of Jackie Chan comes to the Bronx and he starts working in a grocery store and, oh no, there's the Escape from New York, the Warriors Mad Max roving gang and I just thought, oh, is this going to be a movie where it's him versus this motorcycle gang? And then the movie's like, ah, fuck the motorcycle gang. They suck. How about these guys in suits? What do you think yeah. of them? And I'm Jackie, like, Tran Jackie Chan brings up tea. Yeah. It's... <laughs> yeah, he does bring up tea. Um, you're right. There is no real point in discussing this in an analytical fashion because the film isn't there for that. Just like how John Wick isn't there for that. Just like how a lot of those action-y type of movies, a lot of Jackie Chan Hong Kong action movies aren't there for us to go, well... Character-wise, it felt a bit flat when the movie just cut to a freeze frame and then it abruptly ended. <laughs> <laughs> it's an excuse to show off these stunts, and does it need to be more than that? Well, yes, it does, because the film does exceed more than just being stunts. You do get a slight investment in these characters. There is a humorous tone to the film that is, like I said... Absurd, bizarre, but endearing nonetheless. And you need a central figure, Jackie Chan, to drive home the film. Because if this wasn't Jackie Chan, if this was just some other guy, if this was Leo Fong, then this movie wouldn't be as interesting. Jackie Chan is a natural, charming presence, as we have discussed on this show, on, on the podcast before. Because Bartek and I, we're both Jackie Chan fans, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. There hasn't been too much that I've seen, but everything I have seen, I've enjoyed. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, all of his stuff, or a lot of his stuff. I've only seen probably like eight or nine of his films, and I like the guy. He seems like a charming, funny guy. When the movie ended, and there was just a moment in the blooper reel, which we'll talk about, um, that had him, like it ended with him looking at the camera laughing... I said to my wife, you know, Jackie Chan smiling and laughing is like the Lord's embrace, all-encompassing. Because that's how it feels. He's just got such an infectious energy, Jackie Chan. And I think that's a part of the charm to him, as well as he's, he's very skilled at what he does. Yeah, and a lot of the characters he tends to play are a little on the dweeby end, on top of all of his, you know, charming and uh, martial arts. 
Yes, although in this film, is he supposed to be a dweeb or is he supposed to be hunky, hot and cute? Because those are the things that were said about him throughout the film. Mm. I think cute kind of sort of leans into the dweeb. I guess, but the other two don't, do they? Well, true, yeah, but that that comes with the whole martial arts thing on top of the dweebiness. On top of the dweebiness. Um, so, Bartek, tell me about your viewing experience. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it took a took a little while to to really get to some of the big choreographed moments. Uh, so definitely, if we're going to be invested in the story, the the film starts off pretty much pure story, like. Hmm. We learn. We learn about his family. We learn about the gang, and I, I guess when we first learn about the gang, he does do like the thing where he jumps out the window, goes down the ladder. Um, yeah. But then I think once it starts being a thing that he fights the gang in the supermarket, that's really where, uh, quote unquote, the film starts. Yeah, that's true. I you've also got to remember that early on they introduced us to yeah like the two girls of the movie that he will have a I don't even know if a love triangle is the apt description for it but love something with both of them I don't know he has a chemistry he has a chemistry with both of them yes there's the wheelchair boy and um then halfway through the film they introduced the gang with the diamonds like they introduced the diamonds being a thing on the radio, on the TV, in the background, but they don't actually introduce the the white tiger guy until far later into the movie than you would expect. Yeah, it's one of those films where, like, for the most part, he's dealing with the lower level threat, then once he finishes them off, the higher level threat takes over. Do you find it interesting that the lower level threat has no connection to the higher level threat? Because usually in a film like this, they are connected. But... Yeah, like a pre-established connection. Whether that is a part of the same gang or not, or they're allies with his gang or, or, or lackeys, but they're not at all connected. They're just, like, two separate entities. It's just, like, the asshole of the lower-level gang, like, runs into them and takes their jewels. Yeah. Yeah, you have to narrow it down with the asshole of their gang, because like, that's all their gang are assholes. They're all jerks. Yeah, but, like, the asshole among the group of assholes, basically. Oh, you mean Angelo? They said Angelo. Name, like, 15 million times, Bartek. How could you forget it? I didn't forget it. I was <laughs> describing him. Angelo. Angelo. I would describe him as the man who showed us his, showed us his, his asshole. In that scene where he showed, he wiggled his butt at us. Definitely the cheeks. Definitely the cheeks. He got whipped on them. That was very amusing. I, mm. I, okay. Just to talk about negatives, because there's, you know, like we said, it's kind of pointless. But there are some negatives to to point to. I think it was a little slow going at the beginning. I agree. I think it would have been nicer to get into some action a little earlier on. I um don't know how to feel about the 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 romance yet lack of romance. I was under the impression that the woman who owns the grocery store that he works at was actually going to be a significant character in the plot and then she mm. isn't. Uh which is I don't know, like she is in the plot but she's not really significant to anything. Yeah, she doesn't really move too much beyond acquaintance. She she doesn't even get in the role of damsel in distress, which I'm thankful for, but at the same time, 
she's given nothing to do. And I thought that actress had, like, she was charming as well. And I thought her and Jackie Chan had had good on-screen chemistry for the version that I saw. Like, their conversations were really sweet and really nice. And then her later, when she's, like, losing her mind and being really angry and she's on the toilet and all that, that was really fun. But she doesn't get to do anything in the plot. And Yeah, pretty much, pretty much from the toilet scene, she's kind of out of it. And, well, even before that, like, they have... Yeah, there was a long stretch. There's just long stretches where she's not there. And then the girl that he does go on an actual date with, the, 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 uh, the sister... Was it Nancy? Ah, sure. I'm just going to call them the girls. Um, the sister <laughs> character, the, the... Yeah. She's okay. Like, I don't know. I didn't buy their relationship or their chemistry. Like, it kind of felt like, oh... She's overwhelmed by her brother's emotions. She reveals that she's in the room and, and Jackie Chan's like, oh my God, it's you. And they have that like little back and forth with like, let's not talk about this now. And then it's like, and then they're on a date. And I just didn't buy that chemistry. I didn't buy that relationship. And in the end, it doesn't matter because it doesn't really tell you if he gets with one or the other or not. Heck, I don't even remember. Does he get to kiss her in the movie? No, he kisses his aunt. Yeah, he kisses his 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 aunt, and that's kind of like ah okay, like the romance stuff was was weirdly done and kind of like they focused on it enough to have it there, but f- didn't focus on it enough as well. It kind of felt like a weirdly matched thing to the point in which I just say, why was there even any romantic inclinations? I could have just done without Jackie Chan having any of that in the first place. Basically, from how the film ends, like, oh, we've just taken down the bad guy, cut to credits, you can tell where their priorities were, very blatantly. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that would have been a greater ending, but there was stuff that I was saying in my brain where I go... Oh, yeah, but it won't end there because he has to get with the girl. He's going to be a fatherly figure slash bro- um, brother-in-law figure to the little boy in the wheelchair who just disappears in a cab and we never see him again. He's got to help the chick with her grocery store. Like, I was still thinking of, like, all the things that are left undone at the end of the movie. Yeah. And I I appreciate, like, I don't get me wrong, I like abrupt endings where it's just like, and then they kill the bad guy and the movie's over. I, I like those things, and I think it does work for this movie, but at the same time, there were so many other story elements and character elements that were set up that I'm still thinking about after the plot has finished, yeah. and not in a satisfied way. Last episode, I was saying, at the at the end of the film, Harvey, I still think about those characters and that world beyond the story of the film, but that was in a more positive light. Like I don't need to actually see that, but I think about that. But in my brain, I think I would like to have seen more after where it ended instead of just blooper reels yeah and that's kind of like my main criticisms of 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 the film it it has a good pacing it looks good the action is good and the characters are still fun i don't think i hate a single character i think it's just weirdly executed i think maybe the the biker gang could have been more interesting like, Angelo's, like, the really the only one from that gang that I can assign a personality to. That's, like, the only one in that gang that I can go, oh, he had a defining characteristic about him. But the others, yeah, they turned up a lot, but I, I don't really associate them having a major character trait at all. 
Yeah, it's basically there's the leader, the Cantonese guy, there's Angelo, and then the rest is sort of like a hive mind. Oh, there is that one who's dressed up like a cowboy. That one gets appeared a lot, like he gets punched into a fridge. And mm. he appears a lot, and he does say a few things, but he doesn't have a character. There's one that gets killed. There is one that gets killed, yeah. <laughs> mm. I I don't know. It's just like in a movie like this. This is what I said in our Terminator review, Bartek, where there are some movies that are so heavily inspired and influenced by others. This has a real The Warriors, Mad Max, and Escape from New York flavor to it, in which you have these extravagant characters, especially these these roving gangs that don't get stopped by any form of authority. Like, authorities do exist in this movie, but they don't exist when bad things are happening. You have these colorful gangs that exist as just gimmicks. Usually those are, like, more fun or they have more flavor to them. This gang, they're just kind of there. They're yeah, there. Yeah, very, very uh, typical of the, of that type of gang, yeah. Yeah, and they were fine. They, they they did their things, and then their story ended, and then it was like, and now the other gang, which I also didn't find that interesting because they got introduced really late into the movie, and I didn't care about them. Hmm. Uh, other than that, that's like my criticisms of the movie, and like I said, those don't really impact the film as a whole, because this film is an excuse to watch Jackie Chan be funny, charming, and do great action stunt pieces. What about you, Bartek? Any any negatives you want to talk about, or, or bring up that I didn't bring up, or, or emphasize, that really Was stuck that... in your craw? No, that is really about it. Like, the, the main appeal is the action and all of the stuff that wasn't, you know, that choreographed action was kind of, you know, subpar, but also if you're going to have it, you know, put a bit more. If you're not going to put much to it, then maybe cut down on it. That That's really about it. Yeah. Now, this is an action movie, so obviously the question will be, did you have a favourite action set piece? But before that, I want to ask... Did you have a favorite action moment? So it's not a whole set piece, but just like a small little piece of action that happened that you were just like, yeah, because I had a few. Uh, in terms of moments, I, I definitely have favorite set pieces in general, but moment. Um, let's see. I can give yeah, you mine. So yeah. mine was, and this was when it was the first action moment, like actiony thing that I was like, "Fuck yeah!" It really got my juices pumping. Is when he's in the the car park area and he's being chased by the motorcycles and all that, and he stands behind, like he's leaning up against like a, a parking attendant stall or whatever, and the bike goes past him and he just walks up behind it and removes the guy on the back seat of the oh, bike. Oh, that was a good one, that was a good one, And then yeah. just beats the shit out of him, and then, that in itself, but then the motorcycle turns around and he just, like, lowers the, the beam to knock the guy off the bike. Now that was where I was like, fuck yeah! That was a good one, especially since just before that happened, they were all, like, screaming and being crazy to, like, intimidate him, so it's like, oh, you're not screaming now. That was a little a little action moment that I found really, really resonated with me, where I was just like, yes, yes. Because in all these action movies, there's many action set pieces that you love, but there's those little moments within the action set pieces that you can go, oh, I really like that. Like, I really liked when Jackie Chan went through the shopping trolley. That was mm. fun in the yeah. greater action set piece. And you can do that with all action movies. Like, in one of the new John Wick movies, he kills a guy with a book. 
that was an amazing action moment and a great action set piece and so on and so forth. So any others, any that you can think of? I don't know, man. I was really just focusing on like the sequences, like, oh man, how's he going to follow this up? And it's like, oh, he gets knocked at this point and then that leads to him picking up something and yeah, just, I, I guess sequences, I was focusing more than just individual things, but uh, definitely the one, the beginning of the one that you said where he knocks out the guy in the back was a good one. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, just to list a few other action moments, little moments that I, I, I really liked, I, I really enjoyed... <laughs> I don't know why, but I I really did enjoy when uh they they run over the car with the hovercraft and oh yeah and just that guy's reaction to it all like what the hell man my car like I don't know why just that a, was a really good minor character just in a chase scene that and I've never seen a hovercraft used in a big action set piece chase scene before ever that I can think of. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen one that big. I always think of them as, like, sort of smaller things. Yeah, so do I. So do I. I don't know if they are genuinely that big or they, like, you know, are special well, things. I read in the trivia that that's apparently, like, a Canadian, like, uh, thing. not defense thing, but, like, helps to save people that are drowning or whatever. Mm, true. And, like I said, an action moment is when he whips Angelo on the ass with the I car antenna. Say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that jump he did after that too that was a good one or when he's stuck on the side and he's getting gra- grazed by the side of a truck that was a fun little action moment mm. which is then later done like later kind of played upon when he's hiding in between the tankers in the dockyard when he's stuck in between one Yeah, it kind of shows us that Jackie Chan's character and Jackie Chan can fit in tight spaces early on there you go he's like a cat so, action set pieces, did you have a favourite? I really like the bar fight. Yeah? Or the club fight, whatever it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about it? Really stuck with you. It was in an enclosed space, so there wasn't as much movement as, like, the car park or, you know, the final chase sequence. Um, and it just really made use of everything in the room. I thought that was just really great to look at. Like, every three seconds you could still be like wowed by something yeah yeah is this the club sequence you're talking about in which he uses all the the, like the the pinball machines and the fridge and whatnot it's it's the final fight against the the first gang yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the pinball and the the behind the sliding door yeah the 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 chopping trolley thing just everything there yeah, the shopping trolley thing was really funny. Yeah, that that was a that was a fun set piece. I, I will give you that. I I minorly enjoyed the one where um he falls for the honey trap in which he thinks that woman's being raped and then she's actually not and she it's he gets ambushed by that gang and he's having like that stairwell rooftop battle with them and he's like ping-ponging around doing parkour things like bouncing off walls and skidding off the roof and all of that. That was really an interesting little set piece. It's not that huge of a set piece, but that, like, use of space, I've you know, it was really, it, it was quite interesting. And Jackie Chan's movements are so fluid, and it was very engaging to watch. Uh yeah, you have to go with that 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 final like that, that the fridge fight sequence that you're talking about like how he uses the fridges was amazing how he uses the pinball machines 
how he... Yeah, and there's even a moment where, like, when he closes the sliding door and they kick it, and he, like, falls back. That's, like, a genuine moment where they got him. Mm. But then he gets knocked into something that he immediately uses, and it's like, oh, no, he's still got the upper hand. Yeah, yeah, um... I did I did enjoy the ludicrous nature of the hovercraft chase set piece. Yeah, it was great. Him water skiing, him doing a fucking jousting competition with the hovercraft at the end with the sword was great. Mm. I like that they fixed it, the hovercraft. Like, at the end when he uses the hovercraft, it's the same one, but they just put duct tape on where he slashed it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the logic it would use. Um, any other action moments or set pieces that, that you want to talk about or highlight? In the um in the bar slash club scene, the one that I like, uh there was it starts off with their standing on the, the pool table. Mm. Um and there comes a point where Jackie Chan gets offered but the guy that he was fighting is still on it. Mm. And even from the side of the pool table, Jackie Chan does this like leg sweep thing that knocks him off, and I thought like that was really cool. Because normally that's a thing you do close to the ground, but this was, like, chest level. Yeah, I noticed that. I also really appreciated that Jackie Chan's character, and maybe Jackie Chan and, and Jackie Chan in other movies does this too, but he will just attack gang members that are not engaging in the fight. He would yeah. just attack them because he knows that they will eventually engage in the fight. Well, sometimes, yeah, he gets knocked in the direction of someone, so he's like, oh, well, I'll take them out while they're here. Yeah, here. yeah, which you think wouldn't be the most honourable act, but it's fine. <laughs> no, the, the people he was up against weren't showing much honour themselves. So, Those yeah. people weren't. Those people were They weren't even fighting him. They were just, like, standing off to the side, like, oh, we're watching him fight our boss in a noble one-on-one -on -one act, and then he's like, you know what, fuck you, and just, like, punches a bunch of other guys. <laughs> Well, you know, hive mind. They're dicks. They're dicks. They are dicks. I, uh, I, I really did like him fighting the, even though it was small, and it was probably the, but I coupled this little fight sequence as the funniest moment in the movie when he's fighting the 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 FBI suit gang, the the white tiger gang in the uh, love interests apartment. When he uses mm -hmm. the kid's crutches or whatever to beat the guy, take his gun, take the other guy out. I love that little... Just It was very small, a little flip here, a little flip there. But the comedy of the big, bulking dude with the long hair and the ponytail just not being phased at all by being hit by Jackie Chan... And just being like, that ain't gonna work. And then the kid being like, here you go. And he throws him a football helmet. And then he just hits him with a football helmet. And he's just like, that ain't gonna work. That hurt, but that ain't gonna work. And then just a wrench out of the nowhere wrench. gets thrown. And he doesn't even use the wrench. The guy just realizes, no, that'll do the trick. <laughs> that was the best moment. I thought that would be your favorite. And that you would play that guy. I, I'd like to play that guy. Just his reaction. No, please don't. I'll fall down. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. loved the kid in this movie, much to my chagrin, because the film doesn't like the kid very much. Like, the kid's <laughs> a joke. The kid's like, oh, we'll make the kid a cripple, but we'll beat the shit out of him, throw him around like a rag doll. He gets thrown and punched and hit and... And all these horrible things so frequently in this movie. It was amazing. <laughs> his voice was great, too. Oh, his voice was particularly annoying and great. <laughs> he, 
No, my sister gave me that cushion. No! <laughs> and a little extra cherry on top was the fact that even though he's dubbed, apparently he was originally speaking in English anyway. Oh, really? Wow. I think I read that he and the sister were among the people speaking English. Wow. Um, but he was amazing, the kid. I found him very <laughs> funny. I found him very engaging. I thought he was disrespected as a character wonderfully. Like... At the end, we don't ever see him again. He just p gets put into a cab, and they're just like, goodbye from the plot. And I, and I thought that was amazing. Yeah, go to safety, kid. Bye. And he's like, he's like I will go to safety. Do you like that Jackie Chan gave him that video game console thing, and it never matters, ever? Mm. Like, it's set up, and it's even followed through on by her asking where did he get that, but it's never, like, a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I read that it was, I think it's a Sega Game Gear, which I think was the same console that was in uh, Surf, Ninjas. Surf Ninjas, yeah. Boy, I was thinking to myself randomly, it made me chuckle, and then it made my mm -hmm. wife chuckle when I brought this up. Every now and then when I see Jackie Chan, and I watch Jackie Chan in a movie like this, say, I, for some reason, in the back of my brain, it pops to the front of my brain, being reminded that Jackie Chan, at one point in time, was a children's cartoon show. Yep, which I watched. Which you, of course, watched. We all did. It's one of the few TV shows that you actually watched. Uh, that I can go, well, yeah, we both watched that as children. And I don't know why, but it just amuses me that, that this guy eventually became, like, a cartoon show. As in yeah, I, and he, he, yeah he, I don't think he voiced the Jackie Chan character, but he had those segments where, like, the uh, the childish voice would ask him a question, and then he himself, live action, would answer it. Are you are you serious? Did he not do the voice? I don't think so. Uh, what? Is my childhood? Did he do the? He did the dub in this, right? Because that sounded like Jackie Chan. Or was that the guy who yes, played him in the Jackie Chan Adventures? Are you serious right now? I think, I'm pretty sure he didn't do the voice of the Jack Chan character. My my world is falling apart right now. <laughs> oh god, if I'm wrong, I'm going to feel really silly, but I think that's the case. I've got to look this up right now. I don't do this often on the pod. I don't often... No, I, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I want to be wrong. Well, I do not know... Because my my computer is being uncharacteristically. <laughs> oh, there we go. Jackie Chan oh. Adventures. All right, you you. It is an American Chinese animated series. I'd like to say that straight up front. It says that. Mm -hmm. Um, but while I'm slowly getting my internet to load this up, I I am shocked at how funny I found this movie. If I'm honest with you, because I find Jackie Chan to be humorous in a lot of his. A lot of his things, and even in his Western things, but usually the films themselves, from the what I've seen, aren't as funny as, as, as him. And by the way, you're right; he does not do the voice of the Jackie yeah, Chan. So. He appears as himself, like you said. But uh, James yeah, to list his favorite ice cream. James C appears and as Jackie Chan. I I'm so disheartened. Now my childhood is ruined. I uh, cancelling the show. Sorry, I rather, mine was already ruined. I would rather live in a world in which I believed him to be. Oh, fun fact: the guy who did do the voice of Jackie Chan in Jackie Chan Adventures is the Cabbage Guy from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Well, there you go. There you go, and he's in the Final Sa Final Fantasy VII remake as Professor Hojo. Well, there you go. 
Oh, wow, okay. Oh, wow. You know who the original voice of Hojo was? It was the guy that plays the Colonel in Metal Gear Solid. Whoa! Metal Gear Solid? Whoa! Um, I'm trying to think of other things to say about Rumble in the Bronx. It was a very just fun movie. I, I, I was smiling from ear to ear. I think the absurdity just kept stacking on in a wonderful way because it didn't start out as a pure absurdity but by the end it is a, it's, it's a farce and it was wonderful do you have any things that you want to mention or bring up or talk about um so because i walked into it pretty blind i i didn't know that the film was gonna be you know all dubbed uh, so at first, when we met like the uncle character, and then he started speaking English, the the voice that the uncle character had for the dub was just like very, you know, very typical dub voice. So even though the beginning was weaker than you know the middle and the end, um, I did think that at least that voice kept it going pretty well because that uncle's only in like the first third. I would have expected you to say he was your, one of your favorite characters. His voice was one of my favorite characters. You didn't think the physical actor did a good job? He was very over the top. No, he did a he did a great job. But I mean, there's a lot of people in this film that did physical acting really well. But so, you, you know. love when old people do it. Yeah. And I thought his character as a whole would have appreciated. You would have appreciated like his weird relationship and like his weird relationship with Jackie Chan and him being deaf when the plot needs him to be. <laughs> I yeah. loved the uncle. I wish that he was in it more. I love that he sounds pretty much verbatim like the guy in Kung Pao that says, That's a lot of nuts! <laughs> he reminded me of that. Yeah. The dubbing in this movie was... It, it ranged. It, it varied, didn't it? Sometimes it was really good, and I could barely tell. You know, like, I could tell, but, you know, I, it was good enough. Other times it was ghost stories level. And then... <laughs> Sometimes it was Kung Pao, and then other times it was just okay. It was yeah. There were a lot of lot of moments where there was like fast paced back and forth that was very unnatural. But it never took me out of the movie properly because the movie's so absurdly done that it just added to the absurdity to me. Yeah, the, there was a point where I was thinking like, oh, is this like this? Is this the dub being done genuinely, or is this sort of like meant to be a spoof on dubbing? I think it was done genuinely enough. I, yeah, considering I that do. Jackie Chan did the dubbing himself, I do believe. Mm. Unless that's the guy from Avatar again. <laughs> yeah, because again, I, even though I knew of this film, I knew the title. I didn't know what like the main deal was, and I know now that the main deal was that this was his uh, main breakthrough into the North American film market. And what a what a great breakthrough that is for the world. It gave us the tuxedo, for example. And around the world in 80 days. Okay. Sorry, my mum was talking to me. <laughs> Hi, Bartex mum. You joined the podcast now. <laughs> I told her I was recording. Well, okay, she's in the podcast so, yeah. now. This is staying in. We're going to have <laughs> sure. featuring special guest Bartex mum. <laughs> no, do it. Maybe that'll, that'll teach her. That'll make her listen to this episode <laughs> <laughs> intently. <laughs> I, oh, so she saw me tie up the chimes and everything. <laughs> that was so weirdly phrased, Bartek. <laughs> she saw me tie up the chimes and everything. <laughs> <laughs> like for listeners who haven't heard you talk about how you have to silence your wind chimes in the background for each episode, that is like the most bizarre statement <laughs> ever made. <laughs> 
Well, they should have listened to whatever the first episode we recorded was yeah, from this you're, isolation. You're right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Rumble in the Bronx, I can see why this was recommended to us. It's campy, it's fun, it's shot well. It's always nice to see action actually happening on the screen. Mm-hmm. Instead of it being cut away and implied that it happened. Uh, we don't get action movies like this as much nowadays. I'm not going to say at all because you get, you do get stuff like John Wick in which you are shown the action and it's really quick and fast, the actual action, but not, not necessarily the editing of it. I haven't, I haven't seen any of the John Wick films. Do they have like a martial arts action in it or is it mainly like guns? It's all dude. John Wick Wick has machine guns, rockets, fist fights. He killed a guy with a book one time. He does it all. He cannot be stopped. He's John Wick. He cannot be stopped. They (laughs) killed his dog and stole his car, and now he's out for blood. Um, But yeah, Rumble in the Bronx, a fun time had. Did you love how they just ran over the bad guy at the end? Yes, yes, I did, and I I was surprised to see that they stripped him mostly from that act. Yeah, they showed us his bottom. Yeah, and his back too, right? Oh, don't get too turned on. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing much else I can really state about Rumble in the Bronx. It's just a, a very simple story, very simple characters, but excellent action set pieces, zany humour that is zany to the point of endearing which is a very hard quality to capture in a film I think when you match zaniness and endearing it's really hard to make those two things meet in the middle Mm. Uh, I did like the sequence where he hid inside that truck that was filled with balls and (laughs) the guy betrayed him like, the guy driving the truck could have not said anything and they could have escaped, but the guy was like, what the hell are you doing in my truck? I'm I'm sure he regretted it. Well, yeah, it cost him his truck. Yeah, and it made some cars on the on the road crash into each other. And balls everywhere. I would I'd like to be on that road when there were balls everywhere. I know you would, buddy. <laughs> could you imagine... Seeing that, like, not knowing that they were filming something, like, you were, like, driving in an area past there, or or you were flying something past there, and you didn't see the cameras or the film crew, and you just saw that. And Yeah, you're basically asking, can you imagine if you were that old, retired couple from the tuxedo? Yes. Can you imagine if you were that old, retired couple from the the tuxedo? You just leave the hotel where there were a woman that was half-naked who was shouting, Emperor! Emperor! Then you go to the street, and there are balls everywhere. And Jackie Chan ages drastically in between those two moments. Yes, and little do you know that, like, 20 minutes prior, he got his butt tickled. <laughs> Fingered. Uh, Fingered, that's so, right. That's, um, that's the tuxedo reference for all those listeners out there. Also, I said butt. I should have said bum. Bum, bum. Uh, yeah. Do we want to give our final thoughts? Uh... Definitely check out this film if you want to have a good time and you want to have a nice visual spectacle. Like, I, I remember I said a similar thing with um, Who Killed Captain Alex because they had some pretty good martial arts stuff there. Um, but this one has a lot more, like, prop gags going on with its martial arts, so definitely that's something worth checking out. 
Yeah, definitely check this out. And obviously, if you have not checked out a Jackie Chan action film before, then this is an easy one to get you onto that path. It's very accessible. It's good for newcomers. It shows you the strength of Jackie Chan, which is um, he's funny in action. The action is funny. Uh, and he gets hurt. You see his pain and struggle in the set pieces. Dude, in, in the credits, when like it was showing all those people getting hurt and they were playing like this happy music <laughs> over it, it felt like really jarring. Dude, I was horrified. I had my mouth like open, like in shock because it Me was. Me too. <laughs> it was like showing these people get horrifically injured, and they don't show us them not being not horrifically injured after we see the chick on the motorcycle thing land on her fucking head and then they're carrying her off in a stretch and we don't see her again <laughs> and you see all these like worried crew members and actors just like running into the shop to like go around them ask them if they're okay i mean lots you see jackie chan playing with a wheelchair at one point but that's about it lots of crying um <laughs> i guess for an action movie the bloopers would be fuck up in stunts right but like and that can be funny depending um depending how it looks, but usually when you watch a blooper, you're in it for when they flub their lines or cue is missed or something that's funny, but blo- They should have thrown one of those randomly in there. Yeah, I would have appreciated that, but instead they showed us, like, Jackie Chan breaking his ankle and screaming in pain. And then putting on pants that make it look like he's not injured at all. And, sh- and a fake shoe thing. That mm. goes over, which was hey, that was cool. I didn't know that. And that, and then proving to you that uh, he actually did genuinely jump off that you know car park roof. Oh, I didn't doubt it. Didn't I? Didn't doubt it either. But that was like you know very pure confirmation. I do know that it was good confirmation. As a Catholic, I like those things as confirmations. But yes, it's my second favorite <laughs> commandment. Not commandment. What am I talking about? What are you talking about, Martin? <laughs> I forget the word. Oh, you'll... Ask your mum! Bring her back in! <laughs> no, she she interrupted the podcast to tell me that she's leaving. No! You phone her now and tell her to come back. We need her extra... The word I was thinking... No, the word I was thinking of was sacrament. Thank you, Bartek's mum, for giving Bartek the strength to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> so, that's our conversation about Bartek's mum, but our conversation about Rumble in the Bronx is over too, evidently. Um... Yeah, we needed to pad time. <laughs> we needed to pad time. No, we don't. Because it was so easy to talk about. It's just, no, that's the thing. Like, we're not. No one's expecting a huge podcast episode about Rumble in the Bronx being like, was it bold of the movie to show the Twin Towers in 1995? Was that foreshadowing to 9 11? I don't think so. No, it was bold to show the Canadian mountains. It was bold to show those. I don't care about that stuff. Uh, Me neither. I actually didn't notice. I did, but uh, I, I didn't care. Um, yeah. So, Bartek, it is your recommendation for the next episode. What is the yes. film you are recommending? Well, I feel like since we just watched a martial arts film, I should change it up and recommend a different martial arts film. Mm. And this film, since this is a week where I pick a non-American film... I'm returning us to the country of India to a 2016 film called Sultan. Sultan. Yes, S-U-L-T-A-N. Now, obviously this is a Bollywood movie? Yes. It is a Bollywood movie? Yes. Are we watching this... Well, I can't remember. It's been a while. So, so is this one where it's naturally dubbed over into English, or is this one where we watch it with subtitles? 
with subtitles. With sub. So this is different to different to Main Huna. Well, Main Huna was also subtitles. It had lots of it in English too. Well, yeah, but that's a normal thing in Bollywood. That's what I'm clarifying. I'm just wanting to make sure because in my memory, I remember Main Huna having lots of English in it. Yeah, and yeah, it's random English. Right, right. Okay, wonderful. So, how long is it? I think it'd be about as long as Main Huna. So, three hours? Okay, cool. <laughs> just shy of. And is this easy to be accessible to people? I th- I think it should be. I, I, I don't think it's on Netflix, but uh, apparently this is a really high-grossing film, so I'm sure it'll be easy to find. Does this star our boy? It stars a uh, different Khan, but it doesn't star Shahrukh. So it stars Khan? Uh, his from... name is Salman Khan. Uh, not Wrath of Khan? Not Wrath of Khan, no. Khan! Alright, so thank you very much for selecting that, Bartek. So, listening people, make sure to check out that movie in between so you are all caught up on what we will be discussing next week or next episode. Bartek? Where can the listening people find us? You can find us on the internet, specifically at various websites such as Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. You can also email us at spitandpolished at gmail.com. Our episodes can also be found on various websites such as iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Spotify. uh, Spotify. I was trying to remember if we had that. Yes. Uh, And I think think we're on a lot of them, so you could probably just look anywhere and probably find us. Just Google Spit and Polish Presents, and there we are. There we are. Bartek's mum might be there, too. Who knows? You'll have to find out. Yeah. Yes, queen. I should see if she was picked up. <laughs> oh, I could hear her, but I couldn't hear what she was saying. Okay. I could just hear, and you being like, mummy. Yeah, my mum's from Peanuts. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> she's very tall to all of us. We cannot see her face. Like mm, all that's Peanuts adults. Um, all right, listening people, thank you very much for tuning in to our discussion of our rumble in the Bronx. The Bronx felt rumbled, all right. Uh, Bartek, pleasure as always. and uh, Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. And until next time, listening people, remember, your childhood is cancelled. Even if you weren't a child when the Jackie Chan Adventures cartoon show was on, it's still cancelled because... Jackie Chan didn't do the voice of Jackie Chan. Yet I think in the cast list, the daughter character or the the child character is voiced by a Chan. And I don't know if she's related to Jackie Chan or if she's just a fellow Chan, but they got someone with the last name Chan to voice a character whose last name is Chan in the Jackie Chan adventures, but not Jackie Chan as Jackie Chan. Nah, she's a weeb. Ooh, okay. (laughs) Weeb-chan. There you go. Goodbye, weeb-chans. (laughs) 